Hello everyone and welcome to Autism Stories, where we connect you with amazing people that help teens and adults with autism become more independent and successful. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Healthy relationships are vital to the existence of all of us, but can be challenging to find and nurture. In this episode, we discuss this with Anne Tapia of the Regional Autism Advisory Council as she returns to Autism Stories to preview the spectrum of healthy relationships and sexuality in Autism Conference coming June 24th through the 26th to Cincinnati, Ohio. In this episode, we talk with Anne about 10 sessions you don't want to miss at the conference. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Anne, thanks so much for turning to uh, the Autism Stories podcast. I guess I didn't scare you away the first time. <laughs> no, I'm so glad that you're having me back. The reason I wanted to have you back is to talk about the spectrum of healthy relationships and sexuality in autism conference that's going to be happening in Cincinnati this June. Where did the uh, concept for the conference come about? Um, so I have a lovely training committee who are phenomenal about keeping their ears in the ground in terms of need. And relationships and sexuality is a theme that it comes up with regularity for us. That there's just not enough resources or the questions and the needs that arise are ones that, oh, man, if only we did preventative work, we could have, you know, prevented some issues from coming up. So we thought, you know, let's just see what we could do to pull together some resources. And the amazing thing is as we started talking about it, people were coming from out of the woodwork saying, I have some expertise in this area, or have you talked to so-and-so because they would be great for this. And we found we had far more resources than we had expected. So we're thrilled to have three days devoted to this topic. Now, so many great um, topics that are going to be addressed um, within within this conference. So I wanted to just pick out like 10 that I really thought were, that I was really excited about. I was excited about a lot more than 10, 10 but we'd be, we'd be, we'd be talking for 24 hours. So this would be the longest podcast uh, in history. So, but I, but I wanted to start with, um, our conversation by talking about two sessions from the same presenter, uh, Sandra Williams. I have loved Sandra every time I've heard her talk, I've learned so much from her. And Sandra's first session is about females on the spectrum, such a needed session because females can look so much differently than males on the spectrum and that needs better understanding and awareness. Yes, I agree completely. Uh, Sandra, on the one hand, Sandra is phenomenal. I, at every chance that I get, I want to hear from Sandra. She brings such unique perspective and insight to her own experiences with autism and professionally, what she's been able to see and accomplish and others and their growth that I feel like she just brings such a richness and a depth to any of her presentations. And it's a passion of hers. It's something that, you know, as we um, have asked her to do this, she she loves presenting and she loves giving others more resources and tools and ideas. So um, I feel really lucky that we get to have her as part of this. And she, you know, it, it's going to be 
still be phenomenal because she is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, the first one, females on the spectrum, we we thought about it's exactly what you said, how often females on the spectrum just are misunderstood or will fly under the radar in terms of what their needs are and perhaps receive pregnancies that um, are not exactly what's going on for them. Um, so this is our chance to really address how females on the spectrum may look a little bit different than males with autism. The other key piece that we are asking her to embed into her presentation is some of the kind of typical life cycle things that females experience no matter what and how that is for someone who has autism. I've heard from a number of my friends with autism how they go into the doctor with a symptom or a complaint of something going on and, and Either it gets, you know, brushed under the rug as, oh, that's just whatever, fill in the blank, or that's your autism, you know, and that, there's, that's not my specialty area, so maybe you should go see a therapist or a psychiatrist about that issue. And that's, that's not fair, for one. It's not equitable. And we really need to be more mindful and growing in terms of our specialty areas about how we serve people with autism, um, especially around some of these very typical life experiences that we, as females, that all of us as females are going to go through. So I'm excited that Sandra is willing to speak to some of those uh, kind of developmental milestones that we all either experience or can expect to experience over the course of our lives and how that is for her having autism. And and the second session uh, with Sandra is going to be about trauma. Again, something that's so important to be discussed and something that we discussed the first time when you were on the, the podcast. People with autism so often have intense trauma in their lives and we have to really figure out better strategies to support these people. I, I fear that as professionals, we oftentimes make matters worse, not better, when we don't deal with this piece. Yeah, that's exactly right, and this is actually how I first um, met Sandra at a conference in which she was speaking on autism and trauma, and I sat in because of my own interest and uh, my own experience in trauma work, and um, I just was captivated by her own um, her own experiences, which she shares in this presentation, and how, as she grew up, she was institutionalized and had really significant, her, her autism impacted her really significantly, and so um, she had a number of experiences in which she was not treated as she should have been, and that those traumas that she's lived through, she can now speak to in such a way that she understands what was going on with her neurologically, you know, how her brain was responding to these environmental triggers and how that has stayed with her. And how sometimes it can be confusing as she gets triggered to kind of weave through, is this a trauma response or is this a, a, a symptom of autism? Is this something she's just getting overstimulated and this is um, something that needs to be managed? But the fantastic thing that she emphasizes is that, you know, the tools that she uses when she's overstimulated sensory-wise are the same things that help her, help her to 
um, calm down if it's a trauma response. And then also the idea that she's able to work through the big T or little T and um, that idea that sometimes our brains will misunderstand information that's coming in and we'll feel it as if it's a huge traumatic big T um, experience when if we can take a step back from it, we realize that, well, yes, this is an issue and it's triggering, um, it's maybe not as big as it felt internally for us and how we can kind of process through those crisis situations. She also does a great job of speaking to how, you know, professionally sometimes we go at behaviors and challenging situations. I'm using funny hands, you can't see that right now, but, you know, our challenging behaviors professionally we see that as a problem that needs to be corrected. However, many times, um, for people who have experienced trauma, it's far more about teaching how to be safe and how to understand that you are safe. And so it's a very small shift, but an important paradigm shift in how we're supporting people who have been through traumatic experiences and how that can be really damaging if we aren't making that paradigm shift because uh, we can escalate situations really easily because we may not recognize what those triggers are or understand why a person is responding in such a large way because it doesn't look like environmentally there's something that would have triggered that level of response, um, especially if it's been some kind of traumatic trigger that the person is experiencing. So she does a great job, and then the other piece that she really emphasizes is resiliency, which you and I had talked a bit about last time in the podcast, mm-hmm. how that's really the most effective way to manage traumatic responses and, and trauma triggers is to emphasize the resiliency that we that we all have within us and that there are ways to boost our resiliency so that we can find success even in the midst of crisis or trauma. So I'm excited about her, too. Um, we had got her to Cincinnati last April, and she was very popular in terms of speakers. And I think every single evaluation we had from that said, bring her back. We want more. So, um, <laughs> so we're excited that she'll be back again speaking to that topic. Yeah. Um, she's also part of our keynote panel. So the very first day, we have five self-advocates who will be opening with a question and answer period, um, and so she'll be part of that panel Q&A as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a client who is, who is an artist who recently worked with a local nonprofit here in Ohio to create a poster for a human and sex trafficking campaign, and I learned a lot through his work about how big of an issue human and sex trafficking is here in Ohio. I'm sure those with autism are certainly at risk for these types of situations, especially when you think about issues of self-advocacy, self-esteem, and overall the challenges in determining if someone is a safe person or not. That's why I'm really, really happy to see that there's a session at, at this conference that covers this very important topic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We in Ohio, unfortunately, our state is set up in such a way that those who are perpetrators, 
it's really easy for them to perpetrate. Um, one of our highways system where we have we've got 75 running north and south to all of our major cities, and then that we're a reunification state, and so the effort is always to try to get families back together, which is, you know, on a whole, a good thing. When we're talking about perpetrators, we, um, the issue with that is that sometimes they will target a vulnerable parent, <laughs> excuse me, either with drugs or with um, just abusive situations, and then we'll end up causing harm to the entire family, whether it's um, the adults in the family or the children in the family. Um, and when it's in that kind of closed family unit, it's really hard to address. So uh, it, the state of Ohio, unfortunately, we're hit really hard with human and sex trafficking. But on the disability side of it, it becomes even more compounding. The statistics are disgusting. They range quite a bit, anywhere from 50 to 70% of individuals with disabilities have been abused either physically or sexually, and those who have been abused, 90% of them have been abused 10 or more times. So it's mm -hmm. just, it's gross. We mm -hmm. have a major problem nationally, but in Ohio, unfortunately, we have some really high statistics of people who are in unhealthy situations. Um, so Colleen McCurry Johnson is our presenter for this topic, and she's got a lot of experience and knowledge in supporting people with disabilities and has a passion for uh, really trying to help those who have been victimized or who are at risk of being victimized or exploited um, to support them and um, try to prevent situations from either getting worse or from becoming, you know, a, a negative statistic for us. So she will talk to us a bit about research um, and some of those high crime rates for us in the state of Ohio, but also nationally, uh, and how that compares to those who are non-disabled. She's also will help us to identify what traffickers typically are looking for when they're trying to um, victimize people, so um, kind of giving us some eyes of what we should be aware of, and then knowledge about laws and resources to counter human trafficking. So um, there are some resources in our area and several task force areas who are really targeting this issue and doing some amazing work uh, to try to prevent and reduce those individuals who are being trafficked. So um, yeah, this is a, a really important topic and I think really speaks to that safety issue that is, is huge for people with disabilities that, you know, it's it's unfortunate how easy it is for people to get themselves into that situation. I always say that some topics in the autism community are either taboo or they're really sensitive to discuss, and as a result, um, there can be limited conversation about them. So one of those topics that I'm thankful that the Spectrum of Healthy Relationships and Sexuality and Autism Conference is addressing is masturbation. And studies really show that there are actually many health benefits to masturbation, but education is certainly important to make sure that this is done in an appropriate way. That's right. Um, so this is one of those developmental milestones that everybody experiences, right? Like there, we're all right. going through puberty, and there are it is incredibly typical for 
children at a young age to begin to explore their genitals. And so when we have people with developmental disabilities, it turns into this tricky issue, but unnecessarily so, because it is a developmentally age-appropriate experience for people, for all people. However, there are religious issues, there are personal issues, you know, your own personal perspectives, there's medical, you know, all kinds of societal stigmas that get brought into that. Um, and so sometimes it just never gets discussed with people with disabilities. And so if that's the case, then, you know, how are people learning what is and isn't appropriate if you have a disability and nobody's talked to you about the feelings that you're feeling um, within your body and, and what you're supposed to do with those feelings. So, um, so yes, Tori Schomer will be speaking to, um, their, I love the title of this one, it's called A Touchy Subject. Absolutely. Now, I'm I'm really thrilled that you're going to have a, a self-advocate session that discusses the intersection of LGBT issues and those that have autism. It really shows that this conference is tr truly trying to support all people with autism. That's right. As we were pulling this conference together, we really were hoping to think about the entire spectrum, right? And so... Right. Um, that often when we think about autism spectrum, we're thinking about how impacted a person is by autism, but as we're talking about healthy relationships and sexuality, the spectrum also includes all sorts of different sexuality expressions. So um, we were very intentional about making sure that we had incorporated LGBTQ plus issues within this conference. Um, so I know you're probably not going to do your own shameless plug, but I'll do it for you. Um, so Doug will have a, a presentation speaking to this topic, partnering with Beth Thompson out of Milestone, um, and really trying to encourage from a professional perspective what considerations should be um, part of all professional relationships with those who, who are LGBTQ plus and have autism. And I think the, I love the framework of 
double rainbow in which, um, you know, the rainbow is so symbolic within the LGBTQ community, um, but when we think of something of two are LGBTQ and have autism in addition, um, that double rainbow I think is just such a, a beautiful way to represent that couple different presentations that we have speaking to this. Um, the Double Rainbow Part 1 is a self-advocate perspective. Raven Kane, who is coming out of the West Virginia area, mm-hmm. and Nathan Morgan will partner. Um, Nathan is coming out of Milestones as well from the Cleveland area. So they'll partner together to really speak to their own personal experiences uh, of what it's like to both identify as LGBTQ and having autism, what their experiences have looked like within dating and relationships, discrimination, when and how to self-disclose, and how they've built community around themselves and um, and within both the autism community and the LGBTQ community, which are really two unique cultures that sometimes don't blend so well and aren't always as welcoming as you would expect. Mm-hmm. So, so they'll have um, some really good discussion, help people to think about their biases and misconceptions of LGBTQ people with autism. So I, it's really, I'm, I'm excited about this session, um, but then that we get a continuation with you and Beth in which it's really that professional approach to serving this population. And so what is it that professionals should be thinking about when you're uh, providing services and supports, um, helping to think through what biases and, again, you know, misperceptions we may be bringing into our relationships with people who are LGBTQ and have autism. And both Nathan and, and Raven thought it was important to be in the room as you two present, and so they can um, offer some additional insight. So whether a person attended that part one or not, um, as you and Beth are presenting, they'll be able to kind of give that anecdotal experience, which often I find as a learner to be that application step for me. You know, I can I can hear it as, okay, this is theory, this is what I should be doing, but as I hear the experiential level of it, that's when it kind of really sinks in for me to say, aha, now I know what I should be doing moving forward. So I'm thrilled that they're, um, they're willing to support you too in that um, second part of the... Um, now the the next session I'm excited to talk about is forming and maintaining relationships. I often say over and over again that we all need community, and without community, our mental health is almost always worse. We get so much more anxious and depressed, and and all these negative things uh, occurring. So. I always I think like there can never be enough sessions at conferences to address this issue. That's right. I mean, when it comes down to it, we know one of the key features of autism are social nuances being extremely confusing. So you're absolutely right. It is incredibly important that if we're thinking about relationships, that it really gets to the base level of how do you even begin to have a relationship with someone and and even, you know, on that friendship level is um, a challenge. So if we're thinking about, you know, moving it to that next step of a romantic relationship, how would you expect to get to that leap (laughs) if we haven't gotten that friendship side of it? Um, So yeah, it is incredibly important and um, I think it's as we think about the issues that can really compound the, um, 
the ability to form and maintain relationships, there are so many layers to it. Um, so I think it'll be it'll be a great session to really peel back all that gets involved in a person who is struggling to form relationships. So some of those um, mental health components that can impact a person as they're trying to form relationships too. And I feel like you should be plugging yourself again. Anything <laughs> you want to add to this? Topic. Well, I, I just think it's really a complex topic in the sense that there's a lot of executive functioning challenges that go into place regarding this. There's there's a lot of sensory sensory issues. There's a lot of, you know, past negative experiences that cause people to kind of withdraw from the community. So like with with Autism Personal Coach, with our services, we kind of have to address all of these things to really develop a plan to help people develop community. And I also think whether it's with coaching services or it maybe it's someone in, there's, you know, the person support network. You have to have like, feel like there's this safe person with you sometimes going into the community, you know, initially to kind of like build that, build those relationships. Otherwise it can become, it's going to be a much scarier place and less likely to take those first steps to developing uh, more of a sense of community in each person's life. I couldn't have said it better. Which is why you get to speak to it. Yes. Now, a common expression that's that's said often throughout society is if you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? So it's yeah. great that Thomas Island will present a session like this at the Spectrum of Healthy Relationships and Sexuality and Autism Conference. I often see that the lack of love people have for themselves is really a big correlation between the lack of healthy relationships in their lives. Yeah, that's exactly right. So um, Tom has actually written a book. It's called Come to Life, Love Yourself. Um, so that is, he's presenting a couple times. He'll be part of the keynote panel as well. And then um, one of his two breakout sessions, he'll have a presentation specifically to how you really first need to begin with you. When you think about relationships and you think about sexuality, you really need to know who you are and love who you are as a person individually. So he'll, he'll discuss what that looks like, some, a bit about having autism and understanding what that means and, and how your, your understanding of what autism is for you um, can be a powerful resource and tool as you are developing relationships with others. And then he'll also speak to you know, self-care and, and what it means as a different component to self-love. Um, you know, it's, you can really understand and appreciate who you are and then miss out on some steps to take care of you. And so he'll speak to what the difference is between those. And then also how important it is to set boundaries for yourself when you are in relationships with other people mm-hmm. um, to really be able to maintain who you are as a person and to keep that authentic, um, genuine character of who you are. Um, that way you don't lose yourself in, in someone else or someone else's needs or, or um, what they bring to the relationship. But yeah, I'm really excited that Tom is willing to speak to this. Tom, um, he's an author and uh 
keynote speaker. He's won a number of different awards um, and also has autism himself. So he'll, he'll be a, a really good, powerful speaker for us to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we could probably have a discussion about social media all day and how it can negatively impact those with autism and then really anyone in society. <laughs> However, there are really a lot of positive benefits to social media as well, and the key is learning safely and effectively how to get those benefits. Having a session like this at the conference to address this, I think, is so important because it really starts with education. I mean, I think my own personal love-hate relationship with social media, but <laughs> you can't get away from it at this point. In today's society, it's everywhere, and being um, on social media is almost a unheard-of thing. You know, most people have some connection to social media in one way or another. Um, but you're absolutely right. There are important educational steps that we should all be taking, but especially when um, autism is a, a factor to be considering. There's some wonderful support groups and um, the outlets for people to connect with one another in a way that is um, not as easy to do when you're face-to-face with one another. Um, because the social media outlets really allow for uh, a bit of some risk-taking that you wouldn't necessarily do otherwise, uh, but can result in some really beautiful relationships and learning about other people in ways that you maybe wouldn't otherwise do um, in a face-to-face environment. Um, however, it can also turn into some really risky things. Sometimes to that same point, people are willing to say anything and everything on social media because it feels like there's this level of anonymity. Um, so how do you keep yourself safe? How do you make sure that you're not putting yourself in a situation that's going to end up um, being harmful? So um, really thinking about what some of those risks and benefits are to social media and and keeping your eyes open as you're utilizing it um, in terms of how to keep yourself away from some of the negativity that can exist in social media. The other key piece of that is, I mean, dating today is, I mean, that's, it used to be that people wouldn't go to the bar to try to date, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's all social media is the one of the main areas that people utilize as a way to meet people. So it was a really common tool for people, but again, there are some risks that can exist. Um, and so how, how do you use the resources that exist in a way that's to your benefit and kind of recognize those limitations can it, that can exist as well? I was going to plug who's doing this. I realized I didn't say yes. So TJ Nasidi, he's um, coming out of Hamilton, Hamilton County Developmental Disability Services. He's a psychologist there um, and has a ton of experience. He's one of our Cincinnati local speakers who will present on uh, healthy relationships and sexuality within disabilities. So we're excited to have him as part of this conference and that he's willing to speak to the social media topic. Now, the, the last session I wanted to talk about was was a session that at least I, I think is, is pretty unique to conferences. I haven't seen it in, in a conference that I've been to previously. And it's a person, parent, and professional perspectives panel discussion, which will be, uh, I believe, on the last day of the Spectrum of Healthy Relationships and Sexuality and Autism Conference. Could you explain more about the purpose of this session for those that may not be aware of it? 
angles of what autism can look like. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone's excited after hearing our podcast up to this point, um, and they want well, to uh, write, yeah, of course, right, know. right, yeah, and they, and they, they, they like I, now I need to register for the conference. How do they go about doing right. that? And if you plug into the search Black R A A C twenty nineteen relationships um, hyphen sexuality, and that'll take you to this um, to this conference. So the full I'll give you the full link if anybody wants to go directly there. It's https colon forward slash forward slash R A A C twenty nineteen relationships hyphen about 
other things, it's attentional networking space and brainstorming and continuing the conversation. So, you know, utilizing those spaces as well as what supports might be necessary to really be successful in that um, conference, whether you're going for a single day or for all three days. Um, and then the other piece that I've been saying is what do you need to do after, right? So there's probably going to need to be some good debrief conversations about, you know, what are you learning and what are you hearing? And I think this goes for all of us. I know I need that when I go to a conference to kind of sit down and really chew on the things that I've said uh, or that I've learned, I'm sorry. Um, but then somebody who's on the spectrum who maybe is hearing some brand new information that they've never heard before or um, is just feeling supported in a way that they've never felt supported and, and ready to talk about things that they've been thinking about. So giving some room and some intentional space for um, allowing this to be successful. And I think if those components are in place, yes, come. I don't care if you're 15, if you're 22, you know, I think um, – just be mindful of, of what it takes to be successful in something like this. So, so yeah, and then otherwise, I also, I, I really hope that people who are embarrassed about this topic are in the room, because the more we can talk about it, the more likely we're going to be supporting people into healthier places, and mm-hmm. um, if we're embarrassed about talking about it, then we're unintentionally setting people up for some really negative situations because if, if they don't know and they don't have a place to talk about some of the questions or concerns that they have that are going on with their body or with relationships with others, then um, it can really go bad very quickly. And um, so I, I am very hopeful that we're getting um, a good, broad, diverse audience in terms of where they are and their understanding of relationships and sexuality for people with autism. Um, and that it, it turns into some really healthy discussions for people. And my last caveat that I want to throw in here is that we are going to be speaking from the autism lens. That's kind of the, the perspective that we've framed this around, but it is absolutely applicable to the greater disability community. So I think if there is any question about, like, you know, I have a different disability beyond autism, should I go? Yes, you should definitely go. Just kind of understand that a lot of the speakers will be talking from that autism perspective. So how do you apply that to your own experience of of disability? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Anne. Conversation issues Keeping it short Even with
Thank you for listening to today's episode, and thank you as always to Antopia. I'm always excited to go to Cincinnati, but especially this time around for the Spectrum of Healthy Relationships and Sexuality and Autism Conference, June 24th through the 26th. I look forward to learning at many of the sessions we talked about today and bringing this information back to share with my coaches at Autism Personal Coach. Did you know that Autism Personal Coach saves people with autism from feeling alone and being isolated? So often, teens and adults with autism struggle with anxiety and as a result, don't have success in their lives. Autism Personal Coach is a unique service in that we help those with autism by working on meaningful, individualized goals in the setting in which they will be used so their anxiety is greatly reduced and as a result, they can become more independent and successful. To get an autism coach for a loved one or yourself, it's very easy. All you have to do is email autismpersonalcoach at yahoo.com or call 216-336-5889 and request a coach today. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, we will talk with Jason Gepperth, who is a disability and STEM resource specialist at Wright State University. Talk to you then.